Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. My name is Moses Pounds, and I'm the Knowledge Officer for the Centers for Civic Impact. I have responsibility for knowledge management. If the term knowledge management is not familiar, that's okay. That's exactly what we're going to learn about in this episode. At Civic Impact, a lot of our work focuses on data, managing it, analyzing it, and communicating with it. But knowledge is a different thing. When we collect data, we're recording observations about the world in a way that's useful later. When we analyze data, we achieve insights that may help us to adjust practice to improve impact or efficiency. Often, we move quickly through that process. We want the latest numbers to inform a quick decision that's implemented right away. And in urgent situations, of course, this makes sense. But there is another set of routines that are important as well. Taking a step back to reflect and looking at the big picture to draw conclusions and knowledge out of data and experience. And it's not enough just to have those aha moments. We also need to document those insights and lessons and to make that documentation accessible to people in the organization. So let's quickly define what knowledge means in this context. It means understandings that come from experience and that have been tested by analysis. It's not people's opinions or their experiences. Rather, it's the conclusions that the organization has come to after some discussion. Those conclusions could have to do with service delivery directly. For example, an understanding that a certain type of streetlight is more likely to fail in cold weather. Or those conclusions could have to do with internal operations. For example, like that our procurement process requires additional consultation with internal legal counsel. Those things may seem mundane, but it's surprising how much important information is held informally with a small group of experts or even a single person. This happens all the time, and it's a risk. What happens if a key employee wins the lottery and retires to a tropical island? On a larger scale, knowledge management is a way to mitigate those risks. In addition, having conversations about organizational knowledge helps us to service new information for staff. The result of this work is often documentation, such as manuals or one-pagers. It may also result in a better organized shared library of materials, whether that's data sets, memos, reports, or something else. So to sum up, knowledge management is a strategy for improving operations in the long run. And it has three elements. The first is reflection, taking time away from the daily or weekly routine to look at the big picture. The second element is documentation, and that's making sure that those insights don't just evaporate into thin air as comments in a meeting, instead writing it down for future users to benefit from. The third element is discovery, and that's creating a system for organizing those knowledge documents, those one-pagers or manuals, organizing them so that they don't just sit in a filing cabinet or on a hard drive, but instead they are coming up for the right people at the right time. Now that we've described knowledge management, we're gonna talk about how it looks in practice, specifically in some of the cities that we've worked with here at Civic Impact. To discuss this, we're joined by Tiffany Davis and Tim Dodd, two of our subject matter experts here at Civic Impact. Tiffany runs technical assistance projects, while Tim instructs learners in online courses. 
Both of them have deep experience with the ways that cities work with data and knowledge. As we go along, you may wish to reflect on the ways that your organization is currently doing this work. It could be formally or informally. You may also wish to reflect on how you might develop this organizational capacity. So my first question is, what, what do we see happening when cities do not manage their knowledge well? What does that look like? So when cities do not manage their knowledge well, I tend to see staff are always in a constant state of looking for information, whether it's a situation where a program needs to be evaluated for effectiveness and there is a need to review what the city has done since program inception and they do not have any of the information to properly do an evaluation. Or you will see um, a city with significant inefficiencies in its business processes or service delivery in which staff are continuing to use the same method for service delivery and have not made any efforts to improve or learn from fundamental mistakes and are just stuck with the original model. Um, and I can give an example. Uh, a city might have a significant number of service requests for illegal dumping and have a hard time in closing requests on time and over time uh, staff have used quick fixes to solve some pressing issues but have never taken the time to fully look at the business process or workflow of handling illegal dumping appropriately and this has caused significant inefficiencies and also redundant processes that have not only not reduced service requests but have created a convoluted process um, and i'll just say finally that for me, when I see um, cities that do not manage their knowledge well, you'll see that they do not have a fundamental understanding or knowledge of the current landscape of an issue or priority area and have no idea what the problem is or what's currently happening. Um, for example, sticking with the issue of legal dumping, a city will need to know where in the city has the highest rate for illegal dumping and need to know what policy interventions or tools have been done in the past to solve the issue and an understanding of why previous methods have not worked. So proper knowledge management within an organization will allow you to be able to evaluate policy interventions, tools, and programs appropriately, which will um, in turn improve your business processes effectively and overall um, improve your service delivery in a city. Yeah, Tiffany, that really like, hits home. And what you just said about not having <laughs> records of which interventions or tools have been tried or which ones that work, you know, that really rings true. Uh, and it strikes me that you can't even see that in the data necessarily. Like if you look back, you know, at like the data from 2012 or something, and you see that 2012 was a crazy year, a weird year in the data, you don't necessarily know why. You don't necessarily know were we trying a different approach to our service delivery at that time or not. You can't tell that from the data. Instead, you need something else, some other documentation. So yeah, um, oftentimes what I see in the technical assistance that I provide, um, Cities are just faced with a problem or pressure to solve an issue quickly without first understanding the landscape. And you would need to go back to those written docs that you just explained to understand what worked and what didn't work in order to make some better decisions um, to be able to move forward. So yes, written documentation is key here for sure. Um, Tim, I'm curious to hear, when you see uh, knowledge management kind of not happening, what are the, some of the impacts that you see? Yeah, I would echo a lot of what Tiffany said. I would say really it, it comes down to having the same conversation over and over again, which ultimately what it leads to is confusion. So without knowledge management, you're basically living in a world of confusion, um, not sure what's going on, not sure what to do. And ultimately that confusion and frustration leads to, to failure ultimately. Um, I think, you know, Tiffany hit on in a really great example um, with illegal dumping. I think what's really important to note too, using using Tiffany's example of illegal dumping, 
is that while there are frustrations internal um, to the folks who are who are using the knowledge and who are running the programs, it's also really important to note the frustrations that actually go to the constituents and the residents because you know many of the performance management programs that I've worked with and I'm sure Tiffany's worked with, one of the ultimate goals is is not only to provide transparency to community members but also to provide a certain level of service delivery. And if the back end knowledge management of a system isn't there, then the service delivery and the, the targets aren't being met, the goals aren't being met, uh, and ultimately it leads to the city not meeting its commitment to its to its stakeholders and to its community members. Yeah, that's a really interesting, Tim, and, and it kind of brought up two things for me. One is that I certainly have had that experience as a government uh, staff member of having a constituent tell me what my organization did 20 years ago. You know, they say, well, you all were, were here doing this previously and didn't work last time. So, and, and it was news to me because I didn't necessarily have a full understanding of everything that the organization had tried in the past. Another point too is um, I've seen it also play out internally where, you know, a new administration wants to do something different. Um, and so a lot of the people who have been working there for a long time can sometimes get frustrated by that because they feel like they've already collected data. Even if there's individual contributors that are doing a really good job with knowledge management, um, if it's not a systematic approach, then it's also not going to work. You know, if it's, if it's, you know, new, new people come in and they're like, oh, we don't have this system. We're not collecting data. We need to start doing it. And then you have someone over kind of in the corner saying, well, wait a minute, we've been doing this for years, but they're not being asked. And so I know we'll get to that in a second, but I think the the structure across the organization is also really important. Yeah, Tim, and that that comment really helps me understand that idea of like the staff tension or you know the the lack of buy-in or things like that for new initiatives. You know that if there's not a uh, a clear uh, story to tell about you know we've been doing things this way, we saw these results, and so now we're moving in a different direction or something like that. Uh, then staff may may not be sort of clear on, on what we're doing. Uh, and so having those knowledge documents really helps us to be able to look back as an organization and say, you know, here's what we've been doing, here's what we've been seeing, here's where we're moving. So shifting gears a little bit, I'd love to hear from you about the efforts that you've seen in the field to manage knowledge. What have you seen organizations, cities trying, uh, and what's been successful? Sure. So first and foremost, um, organizations who are successful managing their organization's knowledge and information, they document everything. Business processes are well documented, so staff are well aware uh, what the appropriate steps are to solve an issue, manage a program, or deliver a service. Staff are documenting feedback from residents on key services or initiatives and incorporates feedback to make necessary changes or improvements. And also staff are documenting successes and challenges and failures so they can learn from those mistakes and share with other departments if needed. Um, and I'll just give an example. Um, in performance management agencies might be required to write end of the year performance reviews agency performance detailing successes of key initiatives and documenting those key challenges and also evaluating metrics and updating any metadata that's associated. Yeah, Tiffany, that point about uh, learning from failure, that's, that's so important, but it's also kind of sensitive, I think, for a lot of folks. You know, it, folks don't like to necessarily talk about what didn't go well, or they fear that conversation for some reason. Uh, how can cities and organizations create a conversation that's both honest and also constructive? 
Sure. So there needs to be a systematic approach in how a city handles discussion and feedback and incorporates it into this uh, process. Um, value your staff feedback and also um, make it standard um, to discuss successes and failures um, and that are honest and constructive. And it has to be a top-down approach. You know, if the executive lead is at meetings and are asking these questions as far as what went wrong during a program initiative or a program cert program delivery, or um, why isn't a program improving in its service delivery? If an executive lead is, you know, having these open, honest conversations with staff, it makes things easier and not just like sweeping things under the rug or creating an environment where folks are too afraid to talk about what the real issues are. Um, so I think, you know, it has to be a systematic approach and built into um, what how cities are evaluating programs and also just um, doing their day to day business to operate a city. Yeah, totally agree with what Tiffany said. So. I think, you know, when a lot of cities also are starting performance, it is really new to a lot of places. And so something I have heard, I've helped to kind of start up three different, four different programs. And I've always kind of heard the echoes of, oh, not another thing, not one more thing. And so I really think it's important when you kind of start down the road of creating the program and start to develop the knowledge that it's really important that you're doing it kind of based on the the traditions, the structures that already exist. So, you know, whatever your organization is already using as a system to collect data, to share data, you know, if you use SharePoint, if you have a shared file, you know, I, I would highly encourage you to not create a new system or buy a new platform. You know, it's really important that you're doing something where the organization has muscle memory. Um, of course, I echo uh, Tiffany's statements and sentiments about documentation, and related to that, um, when I was the chief performance officer for the city of Santa Monica, um, one of the first things I did was I created a five-year plan. And that plan um, was really kind of the process through which I tracked knowledge and I tracked data and I tracked kind of what we were doing. Um, it's also what I, I structured it in a way that it, it, it was basically focused with having the end in mind, right? The end being, you know, five years to a culture where data is used to drive decisions and then basically a month-to-month -month roadmap for each year with certain deliverables. And I think having that kind of plan on the front end kind of ensures that you're collecting knowledge and collecting data towards the different elements of a program um, and that you're, you're, you're documenting, as Tiffany said, everything, right? Who you talk to, when you talk to them, how you talk to them. Something that I've done in the three, four places where I've set up a program like this is have liaisons you know, having kind of an identified person in each department. I think even if your city has a relatively large, you know, performance or data unit in the mayor, governor, um, city manager's office, I think it's really important um, to try to engage people across the organization, especially people that have been there a long time and that will likely be there a while into the future. You know, another thing that, that seems pretty simple, but I think is super important in all of this is meeting management, right? In government, we love, just like in academia, right? We love meetings, um, but it's really important that meetings are deliberate. And I know it's another task, right? To have an agenda, it's another task to have minutes, but those, those parts are critical. And there's all kinds of templates that are out there about how to do it, but to document, you know, we had this meeting for this purpose and this came out of it, I think is extremely important as well. Yeah, Jim, that, that really does sound exactly right in terms of my experience as well of, you know, folks saying, I don't want another set of meetings to go to, I don't want another committee, 
And so the idea of incorporating this work that we're talking about around reflection, around documentation, around discovering those documents, uh, incorporating those things into existing workflows, I mean, that, that, sounds, that sounds like a really strong strategy. So another question that, that we have when we think about knowledge management in cities is kind of what's driving success? When we see it working well, when we see that those routines in place and we see people getting the, uh, the, the benefits of knowledge management, meaning they're, they're not making the same mistakes twice, they're able to tell like a coherent story about what they've been trying and how it's going. When we see folks succeeding in managing their knowledge, what's driving that? What are those things that are in place? Sure. So what I have seen um, are like three key things. If I see this in the city, I'm like, wow, they're doing, they're just rock stars in this, which is proper governance of knowledge management, ease of access to information, and then um, sustaining knowledge management within the city. Um, some, uh, so with proper governance of knowledge management or process, um, cities that are well-documented um, in how they're doing this, um, and how they're handling information and establish proper procedures and protocols are rock stars. Um, if you do not have this, then you need to step your game up and take some time to work with your team to establish some proper governance around this. Um, also ease of access to information for internal staff, making sure you have uh, relevant external stakeholders that ensure everyone has access to the same information. Um, and this can be like posted on your intranet system. Um, maybe you might have a wider, um, more public facing way of how you're doing things with communicating with the public. So maybe it's on your public facing website as well. Um, just making sure that you are um, sharing or communicating how you are um, managing your knowledge or your information um, appropriately. And then also when you're talking about knowledge management has to be sustained within an organization and communicated to staff that is a priority. And like I, like both Tim and I have been saying since uh, the beginning of this um, is that it has to be embedded into its current processes. So it becomes second nature to all staff um, and also the top down approach. So think of um, when new staff come in and you're onboarding them, um, what are the uh, systematic approaches for how they know um, how the city will be uh, managing um, knowledge effectively and information. Thank you, Tiffany. Tim, what are some of the key success of, that you've seen? Yeah, I would agree with everything Tiffany said, and I would just add a few. I would say one is executive support. So, you know, ultimately, without kind of the executive decision and leadership and coaching that this is going to happen, this is going to be a part of who we are, I think it's really hard um, for this information to move forward. Um, I think a lot of times people see it as kind of just widget counting and it falls by the wayside. It really needs to be infused with a passion and kind of a desire to achieve big outcomes, which comes from executive support. Um, the second one I would add too is, and related to what Tiffany said, is it's really, it's beyond just having a process. Certainly you need a process. Certainly you need to document everything, um, but it can't be kind of this giant tome that sits in the proverbial shelf, right? It has to be something that's actually being used and actually, um, you know, that's, that's alive, so to speak, and a part of the organization. Um, I would also say another part of that is the codification of review and strategies. Um, I have seen, you know, when I worked for the state of Massachusetts, there was actually an outside section of the budget that set up a performance and data program. It's called CPAT, Commonwealth uh, Performance and Transparency Office, but it actually, Accountability and Transparency Office, but it actually required reporting, it required reflection, 
it required all kinds of things. And, and sometimes I think that's necessary. When I worked for the city of Santa Monica, um, the city council adopted basically a statement about performance, why it was important and how they were going to use that. Um, so I think that's also a big aspect. And the last thing I would say too is in all of this, to me, the secret sauce is time, right? Time is something that we're never going to have more of. We're never going to make more of. And it's always the excuse, right? Oh, I just didn't, it's an excuse I use every day, right? I didn't have time to do that. Um, so whatever, however you do it, you know, whether it's through codification, whether it's through, you know, just setting up meetings on a quarterly basis a year out, this, you know, the, the, the use of data, the use of knowledge, the reflection is never going to happen if you don't set aside the time. Yeah, I definitely have heard that as well uh, from organizations that we've worked with where, you know, we come in and we're, we're looking for some of those key background materials and, and they say, oh, you know, we really haven't had time to document that. We haven't had time to create that. Uh, and, you know, we're just so busy trying, trying to do, uh, deliver the services. And yeah, that I, it's totally understandable in terms of the urgency and, and the lack of resources for just for service delivery. Uh, but I think that, that you know, we're, we're sort of making the case here that you're going to be able to do that more effectively going forward if you do take a moment and step back and reflect so that you can improve your, your process, improve your practice. The other thing that, that I heard in what you uh, just said, uh, Tim, is this, is this uh, tension or, or this sort of uh, edge, this line we're trying to walk uh, between having a, a cycle of review that is you know, prompting us to do it, even when we don't feel like doing it, you know, it's kind of like going to the gym, you know, we, we need to have something that, that says, you know, hey, you know, it's, it's time to do this. But then also making it feel alive for people, and to borrow the word that you used, uh, to make it feel like this is important. It's not um, compulsory. It's not. Um, it, it's not something that's unwanted. But instead, it's something that's valuable uh, for staff. And so I think that's a that's a really interesting kind of uh, tension that we um, have to have to navigate. So shifting gears again, uh, you know, as we think about taking on this this type of work of expanding our knowledge management practice, we can sort of anticipate some challenges uh, that we might run into. Uh, so I'd love to hear from Tiffany and Tim, what are some things that cities should watch out for that might knock them off course? Well, I will say um, it's not something that knocks, uh, knocks organizations off course, but something that all staff in a city uh, or organization uh, will encounter on a routine basis um, is uh, a mayoral transition or when a new executive leader comes in, such as a city manager or administrator, or whether or not you have a new program manager that's a part of a new, um, that, that's just been hired. Um, that person or that executive team needs to t um, a lot of information. There's a lot of information gathering that is done to assess all programs um, and to get staff up to speed. And I'm sure folks who are listening are already know that it's a it's time consuming process. And if you do not have proper knowledge management practices in place, um, it's, you know, you're just gathering a bunch of papers and trying to do things at the last minute for your teams. If you had things in place, you could just simply gather them. You've already had the process in place and just hand some things over so folks can um, uh, review and make the necessary assessments. I will also say um, 
you know, something that cities now are have to look out for are um, ransomware attacks. And, you know, if you do not have proper knowledge management, you know, protocols in place, you know, handling a situation like that might um, be strenuous, time consuming, and just, you know, everyone's just running around trying to figure out what to do. So making sure your city has appropriate policies in place to handle this um, and have backups in place so you'll be able to uh, get your information um, and continue to run the city appropriately. Yeah, and I would um, echo what Tiffany said. So I've been in kind of a unique spot in that I've done performance work. Well, now four, but but three three different one one state government and two cities. And I was there during a transition, um, and so it's really interesting to see because one thing I have seen is elected leaders sometimes they you know which is their right which is kind of why they're elected um they want to rebrand programs kind of in their mold right so you know someone who gets elected governor might have x as a goal right and then four years later they leave and then someone else says well i want to do y and it doesn't mean that they want to get rid of using data drive decisions or get rid of a data process or structure, sharing agreements or performance metrics. But what it means, right, is that they kind of are shifting the the focus somewhere else. And I think what happens from a knowledge management perspective is because a new administration might brand things differently, right? They might use it, you know, they write a new book, right, which happens all the time. And they're going to start calling it this or start calling it that. And a lot of the people kind of in the organization are like, oh, this isn't what I was doing the last four years. I really like that. I'm really frustrated by it. And so, you know, I would really encourage kind of number one, if you're part of that administration that's coming in to really do a deep dive into what already exists and to try to create a bridge document to basically show the terminology you want to use and how it connects the terminology that's already there. And if you're someone who's, you know, been there for a long time and this is, You've collected a lot of data and you really see the value in it. I would encourage you to be a champion, you know, with whoever is in, in the top of the organization at that point. Um, because I do think, you know, the bones are usually the same, right? But the the, the nomenclature is different, the approach is different, the use is different. Um, and it's really important to to not let that kind of confuse things and to keep moving forward and to keep focusing on the great data that you've collected and used. So as we're sort of wrapping up here, I'd love to just briefly touch on what are some things that you would like to see cities do? And I think Tim, you just mentioned a couple of things, but you know, what are some 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 recommended practices for cities as they take this on? So I know we've been talking about like baking knowledge management into business processes, the day-to-day operations, but I think like taking it a step further from that is like creating a framework of evaluation. So if it's like that's that's truly how you bake knowledge management into business processes is like creating that framework that everyone knows that if we're going to start or create a program of even if it's an existing program we're going to have a constant evaluation to write down what are some successes or failures or challenges review metrics or any documents that's associated um, and just like Tim was explaining a little earlier, is like going beyond that process and now or framework is, you know, how do you sustain this in the in the organization and like communicating this to staff, um, di- you know, constant demonstrations that like this is what we're doing, um, you know, uh, executives lead and support. So for me, I would really love to see cities like create that framework for evaluation that, you know, 
whatever program we're starting, leverage existing performance management programs if you have one, even if you don't have a, um, a, a venue to like communicate with executive staff, like how are you doing things within your own program level with your program manager or just staff? And even if you're just a one person shop, you know, making sure that you are, you know, managing things appropriately and collecting the necessary information and documenting everything. Yeah, and that I think that 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 emphasis on you know that this can be done at different levels of the organization. You know, you might be like you're saying a one person shop who's running one program, but you can still manage knowledge uh, within that context. And then you know there can also be another knowledge management effort that's you know encom- encompassing the whole organization or or you know, the whole department or something. So there are levels to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, every people should not or organizations should not just feel like it's just the executive team or like a knowledge management person to just focus on that for an entire organization. It's a collective effort. Everyone is a part of this in order to have um, uh, practice good knowledge management. Everyone is like on the front lines of this effort. Um, You know, from the day from the day-to-day operations of just collecting data, whether it's in a system or manually or just, you know, pushing paper, everyone is a part of this. And, you know, just have to keep in mind that you're not the last person that's going to touch this particular program or initiative. You know, there's all this has to keep going for um for city residents in order to um make sure that we're delivering um, services effectively. And so we just have to remember that there's someone that's gonna come behind us that's gonna need this information to be able to get started to uh, move forward. Um, and we're just and also keep in, um, keep in mind that in order to make good strategic decisions, you need to know what happened in the past. You can't just get started and say, oh, there's an issue. And you know, I, I already know what the, the how to fix it. No, you have to take some time to really understand what the issue is and evaluate it to be able to move forward. And that includes knowledge management, looking at everything. Tiffany, that's that's a fantastic summary. And I really think that's, that's a great place for us to sort of wind up the conversation. Uh, and, you know, some of the takeaways that I had from this, uh, you know, the, it's that those three elements, again, of, of reflection uh, from our practices, of taking that time, as Tim was mentioning, to step back and reflect. Uh, and then the importance of, of actually, you know, documenting stuff, you know, putting it, moving it from a conversation into a, a document. It, that's really the key to all of this for that, uh, for that benefit of managing risk over of change over time. And then the final piece of having a, a routine in place so that folks can discover the information that they need, the knowledge that they need, uh, so that it, it's not just a, a binder sitting on a shelf somewhere. Yeah, and, and that's really what makes it pay dividends in the long run. And especially like we've been talking about, even across transitions of leadership, uh, executive leadership, across transitions of staff, you know, some of those, those key subject matter experts, you know, in both cases, those transitions can be managed through knowledge management. And then, you know, we were talking about how it does require some tough conversations, but that if we are able to create the expectation that hey, every year at this time, we're going to be having this conversation, then it's not a big deal. It's not punitive, certainly. Uh, and hopefully we can, we can uh, finesse the conversation so that people feel constructive and creative. Another piece that I really appreciated from our conversation is this concept of using the tools and the processes that you already have, that not making this one more thing that people have to show up for, one more you know, software system that they have to learn how to use 
but instead finding ways to use your, your SharePoint network, your intranet, or, or other things of that nature, or even blending this work into something like data governance or performance management in some kind of way. Knowledge management is its own thing, but we totally understand that you know, we've got to make this work in the context of your organization. So thank you so much again, Tiffany and Tim, for this conversation. It's been really great to learn from your experience about how this looks in the field, how knowledge management can benefit the organizations that we work with, uh, and you know how, how to do it right. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. So this has been a great conversation. If you'd like to hear more conversations like this, you keep following our, our podcast here in this feed or check out our website at civicimpact.jhu.edu. We've got all the podcast episodes up there and then we've also got all kinds of other interesting things about the work that we're doing in the field, the training courses we offer, the technical assistance that we do, and so many other things as well. So we'd love to have you engage with us on our website, civicimpact.jhu.edu. Thanks for listening.